Hey, Chris Manning from Lockdown Cavs here. Coming up today, Evan and I are going to talk about the bubble and then, well, the non bubble, and also talk about the book club here on Lockdown Cavs, continuing deep into our discussion of vintage Cavs. That's what's coming up today on Lockdown Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Elo will inbound at center floor, and Hodges will come out on him. Six seconds left. Elo looks. Elo into Nance. Back to Elo. He drives. He scores! Elo drove it right down the wing and scores! 199 with three seconds to play. And the Bulls take time. What's up, Evan? How are you? Oh, not too bad. We were talking Scott Pilgrim and movies before we started. Actually, like for a solid half hour, we were talking movies in 2010 and how life seemed so simple back then. But no, I'm I'm good. Otherwise, all things considered, um, still haven't touched Animal Crossing. Ghost of Tsushima is really really good, and I'm just I'm enjoying life. Uh, got my window fixed, so things are good. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, here I'm just gonna ask. We'll we'll probably at some point have to just talk about Scott Pilgrim again. Uh, on the pod maybe but I'm gonna ask you this just what Scott Pilgrim character would be the best um, basketball player mm. hmm probably Lucas Lee because he's the most burly of the bunch and I know he doesn't do his own oh. stunts but he is coordinated <laughs> at least so his feelings okay, as well if it's not an evil X, if it's like oh. someone in like the Scott Pilgrim core who would it be <sighs> Well, for expanding on the comics of the video game, I choose Knife's Chow because she has ninja powers, so I'd go with that one. I'd be progressive yeah. with that pick as well. I think it's Knives or Ramona just tapping into subspace. Yeah, Ramona, I feel like that's like you picking Luca to win most improved player. I feel like that's like <laughs> the cheap option, but you know what? Okay. Speaking well, of I Luca, the NBA is under a bubble right now, but the Cavs aren't in a bubble Love anymore, Chris. Yeah, so... This was reported on Tuesday. Um, you know, we don't, I don't think have like, as we're recording this, I'll just say like, we don't have like all the exact details on this exactly yet. But it's not the Cavs' fault. We do know that much. Right. But basically we do, you and I both have confirmed that um, this wasn't the Cavs. This was really the Warriors and the um, the Knicks who were already the Knicks were previously reported as a team not particularly interested um, in mm-hmm. what was going on there. Then, uh, but I think Evan, the most interesting part about this for me is just that, like last week, there was the Charlotte Observer report. You and I had basically just been um, there's so much momentum on this for it to just yeah. basically be dead a couple of days later. I think it was really, really kind of interesting. Well, not even. Just a couple of days later, we were recording on Sunday for Monday's episode. We talked about, like, yeah, I'm pretty sure they could announce it, like, in today? the coming... In Wednesday, today, something like that? Yeah, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, like, in the coming days that they would be announcing a secondary bubble situation for both of these teams. And from what I gathered, like, yeah, no, it was gaining steam, but I followed up on it today, and it was basically, listen, you need all eight teams to commit to it, and Golden State, New York, the Knicks were not comfortable with doing it for various reasons. You and I will expand on that in a little in a second here, but one, thank God it wasn't the Cavs. Like by all accounts, like it's been reported by Chris Fiedel and others that the Cavs were, especially Kobe Altman, was really gung ho with the fact that like, yeah, no, the Cavs need to have some type of activity in between these almost nine months off now and. Um, 
Yeah, no, I'm a little disappointed, I guess. I mean, I guess watching the NBA being back and like the fact that it's so safe and so structured and there haven't been any positive tests and they're not the NFL, the MLB and the way they're handling this, like the NBA seemed to have this figured out. And I think they would be having the players best interest for these other eight teams as well. But it's just a shame that it's not going to happen. Yeah, I think the 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 headline on the Fedor column um, about this is basically the Cavs' worst fears being realized. I think is is pretty steady with what they talked about. Um, if you look at what Bickerstaff and Kevin Love and all these guys were saying at the end of the season, like they were like, "We can't go eight months without playing. That's going to be really detrimental to us as a franchise." And you know, I don't think like amid a pandemic, like the feelings of a bad basketball team are like not my biggest concern. But like I th- and the health concerns are obviously real, all that stuff. But like yeah. I, I do empathize with them from that standpoint because they are missing out on something. And you know, you've had players come back into Cleveland and come back into the environment. Um, you've had, you know, guys start to rev up again and and really mm-hmm. try to get start working it. And like then now it's just sort of like, well, that's that's kind of done now. And you know that that you know they are going to come back the Cavs have obviously a, they're two weeks away from the draft lottery they're they're surely trying to figure out what's going on at the draft too it's not like like they have a lot of other stuff they're going to be working on right now it's not like they're just like well not doing anything now but yeah you know this this is not what i think they wanted and i i very much understand why even if you know i again like i'm there's reason to be skeptical of it being like a smarter thing to do right now considering especially where the frankly just where the cases are in the u.s yeah no i agree um I do feel bad for some players in the Cavs roster, especially Dylan Windler, who we kind of teased Chris Fedor about this with that really long-winded piece of his, but Windler was authentic and genuinely excited about being able to showcase that he is, one, indeed an NBA player, and the fact that he was a missing piece for this Cavs squad. Now we're not going to be able to really get an idea of that until, again, November, December of this year, which is a shame, and there's just a lot of logistical things like I get, but um, I don't know. I'm just like I said. I'm just like disheartened by this whole situation, and it's just kind of like I was I was gearing myself up a bit. I, like I know I said, <clears throat> and people can call me a hypocrite or whatever. Like tell them, I mean, no, still wear your mask. Like will not ever give up my stance on that. But um, I was I was getting excited for the for the Cavs to come back. Like I was looking forward to it. Like I I'm enjoying watching the Lakers and the Rockets and the Celtics and the Heat and whatever. Like these good teams play, but. It's just not the same watching my favorite team play, and um, it just kind of stinks to like have that feeling that they could be back pulled out from underneath me. Yeah, I I just wanted some newer stuff to analyze, and I you know look, yeah I, that too. Yeah, I, I, and and to I think about. like you know you and I I think that we might not have been like included, but I I think there's guys I would like to hear from like Darius hasn't said anything, you know, and that's. No his approach sex and like there's just a lot of guys that i would like to hear more from right now and just kind of get updates on where things are at and how they're feeling um i i don't i don't i i think the Cavs, frankly would benefit from just a pr standpoint of like doing this and like doing that in a couple weeks like i'm just saying i don't think that's the worst thing for them to do um you know we'll see how this all goes and obviously the draft is going to come up as well and this is all going to come up so again this offseason isn't going to stop for them i guess this is a loss for them and i'll be curious to see how they approach it and if there are workarounds again we're recording this on tuesday so if you're hearing something different i'll put that in uh i'll read you'll hear like you'll mention back in the cold open if something else has changed and we have to update yeah but absolutely 
but basically just like I, I there is just a loss here for them and i i wonder what the the way the way to compensate for will be um because mm-hmm. it's not like this is something they like can stew on now like i like i understand the frustration i also just don't think it's like really gonna be worth them like hand-wringing and being like yeah. agree, extremely aggrieved by this that would be silly no it would be silly and i guess if there's any silver lining to the situation um other than at least from my intel gathering other than tristan thompson and andre drummond i can say the majority of cleveland's roster especially with key rotational pieces are still in town and at the facility every day working out with larry nance and kevin porter being like the top of the top of like working out and like making sure they put in the time in the gym and just shooting around with like you know proper social distancing and mask wearing and everything else but it doesn't really replicate the um experience you can get on the court playing against other teams that aren't your teammates but it's still something so the Cavs are still holding it together from what i gathered but um it could be a lot better but it's a shame that the warriors and the knicks you know had to kind of shit in my cornflakes to put it nicely at least can i also just want to lastly put a moratorium i want to stop using the word youngsters to describe young players can we yeah. agree to do that yeah no i have i been doing it i feel no i'm okay. i'm just referencing something i'm reading right now uh i know who you're i know what you're talking about uh-huh. I, I know exactly I, it's just they're like let's <laughs> stop yeah it's just weird it's just a weird word well um it's more so weird for me because these kids aren't kids is such a weird thing to say too like they're closer to my age to my brother who i don't really view as a child anymore i view as an adult so yeah all right well that's where we're at with the bubble it's unfortunate we'll see what the Cavs have to say i i would be curious to see if like uh someone that has the ability to get those guys on the phone like whether it's jb who is very vocal about this or kobe altman um i would i frankly think a kobe altman press conference would be very welcome right now yes but i think it would be very smart if he did one and frankly i think it'd be just an interesting 30 minute press conference if he would give one and would answer some things i think it'd be interesting but um let you guys know that you can start your morning with the news that matters in just 10 minutes um that's after you have some lockdown calves of course axios today host nyla boodoo and a team of award-winning journalists will bring in the latest analysis and insight into trends shaping our world subscribe wherever you get podcasts also the axios sports newsletter is great kendall baker is crushing it on that and you should subscribe now if you aren't already but after this we're going to talk about vintage calves as the book club continues All right, Evan. Uh, mm-hmm. This is kind of your. I'm gonna clear the floor for you because this is. Come uh, on, man. <laughs> I've been waiting for this. This is, uh, you know, the chapter where I guess you learned a lot about Gordon Gunn going blind. Well, he was relatively blind at this point, so he wasn't going blind. So okay, he was blind about his blindness. Don't deflect. Fine. Yeah. No. This is a. This is a bit of an eye-opening chapter. Gordon Gunn can't say the same. That's probably in poor taste, but whatever. Um, I, I'll be upfront. Like I, I never knew understood the full context of why Carlos Boozer lied to a blind man when he opted out of his deal with the Cavs and then ended up signing with the Jazz. But it all just kind of clicked. It was kind of like a doy moment when it happened, and um, I'm still pretty embarrassed about it. Like Chris. Chris, Chris commended me the first time I shared it, saying, like, wow, you have a lot of strength, like, sharing this with the general public right no, now. No, I, I still feel that way. I just, it, you know, time heals all wounds, and now I get to teach you about it a little bit. Okay, you joker. But, um, 
yeah, no, Gordon. This was a really fun chapter. I'm not gonna lie. Like I enjoyed reading this yeah. and like learning how, like how Gordon Gunn kind of like set these things in motions. And like I said, Joe Tate, especially in this era of Cavs basketball, really set the gold standard of what a Cavs radio play by play is. Like John Michael did such a good job of it for years, and now he's a TV guy. And um, no, the Cavs radio team has always been really good. Like that's something I've always noticed, especially. As a personal story, uh, when I lived in Indiana when I was interning for a year, I could only listen to the Cavs on the radio because Fox Sports Go wasn't a thing yet to age myself a little bit here. But um, it was, uh, no, the, the solid radio team and the solid radio broadcasts are what helped me get through those times and listening to Luol Dang, Spencer Hawes, and Kyrie Irving just barely missed the playoffs that year and me being ripping out my hair in frustration. But yeah, no, uh, this was a fun chapter, and I'm going to give the floor back to Chris because my tail's between my legs right now. I, I would just say I really appreciate the the uh, his approach, and that being Joe Tate's approach, to kind of how this all sort of worked because this is a guy that basically, like, decided, like, learned basically a lot from Gordon Gunn, comes back after being kind of exiled um, and not getting along with the, the crappy Ted Stepien. Um, but then this is a guy that does some, basically like takes his, his style up another notch by describing everything as if like someone was blind and I like with Gordon Gunn sort of in mind, that is just like a really, really interesting thing to think about as just kind of like a way to approach it. And I think that's, that's really instructive for what he is kind of doing and, and why Joe Tate, I think, is so revered, is that he did take that into his approach and kind of, you know, make it part of his thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, it's just... Do you think... I wonder, like... I know we talked about... Um, I just brought up John Michael before. Like, that was a... Who succeeded Joe Tate after Joe Tate finally hung it up? Like, I can't even remember. Was It, it might have been John Michael. It might have been John Michael, because Joe Tate was around for a while, because they retired his microphone while he was still working for the Cavs, but, like, was dealing with health issues at the time, so, like, wasn't fully there, which, which you know, is fine. But, um, I think it's just, it really says something about how good the Cavs, like, quality of the experience, at least when it comes to listening or viewing the Cavs, like, you have, and poor John Michael here, if he had to succeed Joe Tate on the radio, and then he had to succeed Fred McLeod on TV broadcast, like, two tough acts back-to-back to fall, and also John Michael's a friend of the pod, so, John, if you're listening, yes. please come on anytime, but, um, and talk to us about it, but, no, a lot of these calls, like, that, um, Terry alludes to with Joe Tate, like, that are iconic, like, are things you hear that are synonymous in like Cavaliers like hype videos or, or highlight reels from this era of Cavaliers basketball and since we are still technically in the 50th year of Cavs basketball and it's just a lot of stuff to think about as well do you have I guess like when you think about this like what do you think what do you think the equivalent of a Joe Tate is now considering so much is video um I, I would this is really what I was thinking about let me uh when i was like reading this it was like one of the things i was really thinking about was like what is the equivalent of tom hamilton he's the only one that i think has that power for people now he has tom hamilton's voice is the only way i want to hear like 
Indians bit or sorry, Cleveland baseball club baseball. Um, yes. you know, Joe Tate for the longest time was synonymous with Cavaliers basketball. And I think a lot like Fred is, I mean, Fred as well is a good example, like Fred's voice and his cadence and his delivery and his excitement and enthusiasm. And the fact he didn't hide the, that he was a Homer on his sleeve, like Tom Hamilton and like Joe Tate did like the, Cleveland fans were spoiled when it came to just really good broadcasting teams. Like that's who I if you did just long story short to answer your question, like Tom Hamilton is my pick for like who else is synonymous with their team in terms of at least play by play announcing. And I and I just think like what Terry is writing about here, this is probably for me like where the the effectiveness of of him kind of being get off my lawn guy a lot in this book <laughs> is most effective to me is is the power of radio because I I don't think it is the same now. I I no. just. I mean, I I think there. Are, well, in today's for me, day I'm and sure age, there are like, people Chris, that are like consuming watch... basketball games. Go ahead. Sorry. While driving and like stuff yeah. like that, like I'm sure there are people that are doing that, but I, that that is just not my life. Um, and I think phones and like being able to pull up a Cavs game on your phone is also something that means like okay, like I'll do that instead. I just wonder if I just don't imagine it's as the numbers are quite the same and that role is quite the same as it used to be. No, that's, I think that's what I was getting at before was when I was interning in Indiana and Fox Sports Ohio and Fox Sports, well, Fox Sports Ohio is the thing, Fox Sports Go wasn't a thing. I had to listen to the Cavs on the radio and like I grew in a, a certain affinity for the radio play-by-play announcing for the Cavs and like how they are infinitely better especially compared to the pacers because i had access to that as well and no 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 shame to the pacers by the way but just saying that like you said like being able to access the entire world from my pocket and my phone right now like i could while we're talking i could actively just choose to ignore you and pull up my tnt app and just watch um the game that is going to be playing after the heat and the celtics game and uh just do that instead like it's mind-boggling to think like radio had really has become an afterthought but like if you have good announcing like you have with joe tate or tom hamilton with the indians like it's gonna keep you coming back because maybe it's a little bit of nostalgia maybe it's something we're raised on like it's something like your dad's like force you to listen to because like you're driving in the car with them and they have the ra- the game on or whatever on the radio but if you don't present a good product for me i'm not going to be inclined to tune into a dated and antiquated form of broadcasting medium like i'd rather just watch it on tv and be able to see it with my eyes but if i can hear the game like much like gordon gunn did with joe tate and let him be my eyes for me like that makes the huge difference yeah i i think he's essential um joe tate as you heard if you weren't familiar with him like you i I clipped together for the intro of this pod like his some of his calls um go back and do youtube video he's He's an all-time, I think, important His name's voice in the Raptors for a reason. Yeah, that's not just like randomness. Like he, I, I think him and Fred are all-time the, mm-hmm. the voices of the Cavs, and that can never really be replaced. Okay, one more break here, and we'll be back to talk about Mark Price right after this. All right, and we're back here on Locked On Cavs. Let's talk about Mark Price. Oh um, yeah, brother. Chapter... <laughs> Would be the best point guard in the nba if he played today mark price ladies and gentlemen what a take it's not really a take if you look at his numbers he is better than steph curry than every single way possible and what is dead will never die between the Cavs and the warriors and i'll just keep driving this point home like 
Mark Price was really freaking good then, and he'd be really freaking good now. This chat, yeah, I agree with that. I, I am all in on, like, the idea that the Cavs should just eternally pay Mark Price to, like, be a shooting coach. Oh, my. Like, remember when the Cavs floated the idea of him being the head coach, and I was... They interviewed him, yes. Yeah. He interviewed for the job, and then he went to the Charlotte 49ers, and then, um, I don't know I think he's the... why exactly he left there, but um, he did. And up. then he now works for... I actually don't know what team he's with now. I know he was with Denver at one point. I know he's been with a, and he was with the Hawks, I think, at one point as well. Um, but I don't know what he's exactly doing now. Well, according to his bio, he was announced as head coach of the Charlotte 49ers in 2015, March 2015 to be sp- specific. But he parted ways with Charlotte. Oh, no, that's Alan Major. Never mind. Um, in 2017, he was relieved of his duties, and I'm looking at his record. He went 14 and 19 in his first year, 13 and 17 in his second year, and then when he was fired, he was 3 and 6. So, didn't really have the best track record, which is fine. I think he was a shooting coach with the Hornets for a while, and I think he was a shooting coach, well, the Bob, then Bobcats, now Hornets, but I don't I think he was at the Nuggets for a bit, but yeah, the, he was in Denver. The Cavs shooting staff like their their coaching staff for player development is already really good they took a huge loss and they lost phil handy to the raptors and now the lakers but um if the Cavs wanted to bring back and like you know really embrace like this uh nostalgia movement that they're going through with their 50th year with brad doherty on the mic and i mean booby gibson on the mic as well which has always been a lot of fun like yeah bring in mark price as a shooting coach it's not like he's gonna hurt you at all because he couldn't 100 percent fix michael kid gilchrist but he made him better and you know what? Larry Nance Jr., his jersey is like one of the top selling jerseys for the Cavs. This isn't source. This is just off the top of my head, just from eye testing everything because his dad is so popular. If you brought Mike Price, Mark Price back, you could bring in so many boomers just to watch this moribund Cavs squad. <laughs> um, Do you remember live basketball, though? Do you remember like Booby Gibson calling games? Remember that? He was good at it. No, but I'm saying like do you, it feels like it's it, we're in August. It, it, I can't believe it's already like it's August. I turned 27 and a half in five days. It's August 4th for those listening. Um, I remember I was going to cover the Clippers Cavs game on my birthday, and I elected not to uh, for smart reasons and reasons I don't really want to share with any anyone who's listening. But um. <laughs> It starts with an it starts with an H and ends with an ung over, but um, that's we only cover. Yeah, no, I'm really thinking about it now. Like that's like one of the last few times I covered the Cavs like in person, and then like that it was taken away from me. So Cavs, bring Mark Price back. Bring him in as a shooting coach. He's not like he's doing anything right now. He's just chilling at home. All right, I wanna um, I'm gonna let's I'm gonna ask you two points here about this. Mm-hmm. Number one. What do you make sense of this line from Terry Pluto? The Cavs were a true team back then, not looking at their scoring averages. Hmm. Hmm. Ask me it again. I really have to ponder on it some more. The Cavs were a true team back then, not Uh, looking at their scoring averages. You know what? That's just some boomer talk right there. Like, yeah, this Cavs team was a team basketball team. I I really was pondering on the thought. I just wanted you to repeat it for emphasis, mind you. Um, That's just boomer talk. Like, the the current iteration of the Cavs, which I feel like is what Terry's... Well, not the current iteration of the Cavs, but the last LeBron iteration of the Cavs is what Terry's alluding to. Like... 
Yeah, everything begins and ends with LeBron James, but that team was tailor-fit to play quote-unquote team basketball with LeBron in order to prop him up and help him succeed. Like, I don't know. This Cavs team is like really talented on all fronts. But I won't. I won't. Yeah. I'll, I'll give them that. Okay. Then another question: Is Mark Price the second best Cavalier of all time? Oh my God, this is a tough one. I I I think yes. I I've I decided that I think yes. Like when reading this chapter mm. and and then doing some cursory research. I mean, you could make up a case for Brad Doherty too. Yeah, um, I think Price probably had a little bit of yeah. a longer longevity. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah, no, I, I think yes, if you really held a gun to my head, I'd say yes, Mark Price is the second greatest Cavalier of all time. Arguably the best point guard in franchise history. I still think Kyrie deserves a little bit of credence and a little bit of accolades in that regard, but oh, that is a tough question. I don't know. The second best Cavalier? Yeah, Mark Price seems like a, the right answer, but you can make cases for other players as well, which, you know, just really says a lot more so about how good LeBron is. So, The numbers favor Price. Um, he's second all-time. So, uh, like, if you go to just, like, value of replacement as a catch-all, um, LeBron's number one at 89.5. Price is next at 29. So there's, like, a massive gap. <laughs> just a bit. <laughs> Um, but Price is number two, and I think you know tenure in Cleveland matters a little bit. I think Kyrie certainly, even Pluto notices, Kyrie is probably more talented, is more talented. Kyrie hit the biggest shot any Cavalier will ever hit. That is like a big check in his kind of box there. But I think I, I'm, I've really come around on Mark Price being like vastly underrated to history, mm-hmm. um, as we, you and I have both very much said a bunch of times. And look, I, I just think all time. Really important Cav. Oh, yeah. Um, not someone that necessarily planned to be really good if you read this chapter and kind of the guys they draft. He wasn't on, like, you know, wasn't featured much in the marketing after his rookie year. You know, they drafted Kevin Johnson and then, he, you know, he, but he ends up holding out and then Price just kicks his ass in training camp mm-hmm. and, and on the court and stuff, not actually physically like, beating his ass. <laughs> um, just just want to clarify. That's fair. Um, that's fair. I, I respect yes, it. Yes. But, yes. But he, he is just, like kind of makes everything work. Like I, you know, when we did that, the, the, the Twitch stream that is lost to the ether. Hey, none hey, of what hey, they were hey, doing. Hey. We'll be back. Just wait for the draft lottery folks. Yes. Um, <laughs> none of that works. If he's not on the court, I don't care no, if like, not at like all. those other guys are working, but like if they don't have Mark price, none of that works. No. Cause again, if you pulled Mark price from at his prime with this Cavalier squad and dropped him in today's NBA like it doesn't even have to be the Cavaliers because I don't want him to I don't want to subject Mark Price to the fate that is this current Cavalier squad but he, he Ooh, let's pick it what what team would you put him on oh my god in the bubble the La- gotta pick a bubble the team. Lakers see like yes but like I want to pick like do you want do you want me like to pick a fun pick or do you want me to just go with the obvious picks the obvious okay, picks the, the Lakers the Sixers is mine. Actually, you know what? The Sixers do make a lot of sense because... Because he, he feels a lot of needs. He feels a ton of needs for that Philly squad. And, um... He, I, that's my one, and I kind of think... The Bucks think, would be fun, um, too. Bucks would be fun. I think Utah would be interesting, just because, like, um, a little more, like, off-ball-y than Conley might be. Yeah. He'd be a good comment to Luka, too. 
Yeah, Dallas would be fun. And you could hand and you get and you could handle the Carlisle system, I think. Yeah, Dallas would be fun. Indiana would be fun too, just because of what they're building and you know, it'd be kinda like funny to see Mark Price's career go full circle because the Pacers really wanted him and then Lenny Wilkins and the Cavs just kinda pulled the rug out from underneath yeah. him. But you no, know, the, yeah, there's a lot of a lot like Bradley Beal, there's a lot of fun plug-and-play options for Mark Price with these current NBA squads. Yes, um, but I, I think second all-time best cap. That's where I'm at with Mark Price now. I, I, that's my official designation. I think that's And you can even assessment. go back in history and like find podcasts that like where I picked Kyrie as my not on my above him while I'm starting five, and I just want to say I regret that. Well, you could put Kyrie at the two and start him and Mark together and then just not even worry about it. Then there you go, man. That's fair. I, I um, really like Kyrie. Like I know people dislike Kyrie, but look, Kyrie just Kyrie for all of the shenanigans, uh-huh. um, just donated one point five million dollars to help pay WNBA salaries. That's 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 incredible. No, it's um, yeah, no, that's incredible. Like, salute, but like salute to Kyrie for that. Even his tenure in Cleveland, like he was a weird dude. I know Jason Lloyd has been on the record saying like even back then he thought he was a weird dude, but like Kyrie was so many players and I can get so many different things and like I get nostalgic about it we're talking about Mark Price right now but it really does make a tough debate for me on who you want to say is the best point guard in franchise history because like I could say it's Mark Price but my heart still wants me to say it's Kyrie yeah that's fair um Evan we're gonna get out of here on this mm-hmm. I just did a tankathon sim when you were talking let's do it the Cavs in this got the number one overall pick oh god who are you taking uh LaMelo um, okay, I think I would too. Yeah, just take the best player available, and you figure it out from the. Oh my god, I just hit Sim, and I got the same thing. Who's your number two though? Sacramento. Okay, I got the Bulls. So at least we didn't get the Say same. Sac- that'd be really weird, but though Sacramento would, they just take another center or power forward, and I'd still <laughs> scratch my head on what they're. And doing. be like, we're gonna play. Uh, we're gonna play Obi Topin at the two next to Marvin Bagley. Ugh, Marvin Bagley is a perfect example of a good player drafted by the wrong team. But anyways, guys, thanks for listening. As always, wear your mask, go Cavs, and Chris and I will be back soon, and hope you're enjoying Locked on Cavs under the bubble. Yeah, and uh, we'll see you guys on Monday. Watch Scott Pilgrim if you haven't already. Yeah, for real. And read the book, because salute to Brown O'Malley. Great book, great movie. Um, Michael Sarah, I don't enjoy most things, but he's very good as Scott Pilgrim.